Hallelujah. It does happen quite often to folks that move away. It's, it's a challenge to find something when you consider a, a church to be your family, to be your home, to be your place where you find more than just uh, safety, you find sanctuary, you find God, you find, find fellowship and the presence of God. And when you find that there in a certain place, it becomes a covenant relationship. It really does. It becomes similar to that of marriage. Um, they say that there's, a, there's, there's a three things in life that will cause trauma. And one, is, one is the death of a very close loved one, like a spouse or a child. The other is divorce. And the third is a church split. Churches that divide, churches that because it's the reality of this thing called home and family is real. It's not just a club that we can, and maybe that's a lot of where we're going to go this morning. The kid's gone, and I'm just going to talk about, I don't even know where the Holy Spirit's going to take us. I got some notes, and I have an idea, and I have some thoughts, and I have some scriptures, but let's ask the Holy Spirit to lead us where He wants to take us. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, by the mighty power of Your Spirit, did you guys catch that real quick? As I'm praying, I identify all three portions of the Godhead. I like to do that. I want you to do the same. Make it a practice. In the name of Jesus, Father God, Holy Spirit, come. Speak to us. Open our ears, open our mouths, open our hearts that we may receive and we may hear what you have for us. May we touch you, taste you, see you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, and, and I'm going to, I accept, I don't know where this is going to go this morning. I really don't. I really don't. I, and I'm not just saying that to, I, I, have, a, I have a sense it's going to go somewhere else than I planned. And that's okay. You guys know that that's okay. It's okay by me because it's not my show because we don't put on a show. I, uh, we don't put on a show. I was thinking about, you know, I had a pastor friend of mine ask me one time, he's like, hey. Do you guys, and the reason I'm turning around, I'm looking, because I'm looking where I could put the, a, a fog machine. It's like, you guys do a fog machine, right? Like, what? A fog. You know, you know I, I, I call it fake God, if you want to call it that, or fake presence, but in a light show. You guys have a light show, right, too, where it's, a, you know, the lights are like, and I'm like, I, I guess we're just into the real thing. I don't know. I didn't know what to say other than, sorry, we don't do fog machines or light shows. Not that we can't upgrade our lighting. Thanks to Noel is going to be, that's one of his first projects here. It's a desperate need. And I apologize for those who suffer from things like, uh, what is it, where your eyes and stuff. Because these, yeah, these, these fluorescent lights with the fans, I don't know whose idea that was back in the day probably mine. I'll take all the blame because, oh my goodness, I know that's brutal on some of you, and I, I do apologize. We're going to get that, those things fixed. It's a thought, okay. It's a thought. Hey, I, 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 will not, I, I will not turn down any ideas. I might... Yes, I will. Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking of how that could work, but I'm, I don't think it would, but, but 
But it, okay, all right. But here's the thing, and I'd like to just uh, have us join in today. And you know, my desire as 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 pastor here, and as a, just a servant of the Lord, and and your brother in the Lord. My desire, and I believe it's yours too, is just simply to experience God. And, and, I, and I'm careful to just say it just that and just that way because sometimes when we just go after just an experience, um, we sometimes forget that there's, there's, a, there's, a real, there's a real covenant stance that we make that, that requires us to, because I know you guys know this and some of you are so, so well matured in the Lord that you know that sometimes sometimes that relationship with God is almost similar to like a, a, a marriage relationship and sometimes it's a it's a the commitment is what it requires to stay with it and sometimes you don't just don't feel really good about God am I I'm really being honest okay sometimes God doesn't make me feel all that good you guys with me you do have permission to leave. I mean, if you do say something before you do, but I'd, I'd rather you not because I feel like we're going to get a touch from the Lord. You do have permission to speak up. You do have permission to correct me. You do have permission to ask a question. So when I say, you know, I, I desire for us to experience the Lord, and I believe you do too, you know, it's in that, in the presence of God is where we find everything we need. <laughs> I think Alfonso said it, was saying it, it's like, in God is everything. And when we find, and when we get a, when we get a, a you know, and think about your, 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 all your um, um, senses. I was just thinking about this the other day and how all of our senses, they have physical attributes to them, uh, but there's spiritual senses that go with it. You know, we think of this thing called a sixth sense as though it's a spiritual sense, but I believe there's something at, at another level that I believe that there is a, a spiritual sense to all the senses. Because um, when we t think about it, you know, I want to taste God. You know, I, but do I taste Him like physically with my tongue and my taste buds? No, but, but when I get into God's presence, there's a taste of God that I want more of. Kind of like when I taste something super delicious that I just like a lot of, such as creme brulee or, 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 or Noelle's mom made this flan that was like super off the hook delicious and I'm like, too bad it was after she made us delicious enchiladas because then I was like super stuffed. And I wanted more, I wanted more, I wanted more because it tasted so good. And when we taste God, that's how it, it does the same thing. It's like I just want more of it because it's so good. I want to see God. You know, and I think I, you know, that requires, yes, our physical eyes, but how many of us know and understand that, that God could show up right in front of us just like Jesus did to, to, he came physically. God came physically and he was standing, talking, speaking, breathing on people and they didn't see him. They just saw him as a, they even accused him of being a bastard. A, a, a blasphemous bastard, and it was God. <laughs> I mean, so so we know that there's there's a sense that to see God that's different than our physical eyes. Amen. 
And then we want to touch God. I want to touch God. I mean, we know that, he, that when we get a touch from God or we touch God, God touches us. It doesn't matter. Stuff happens. Real stuff happens. I mean, the woman that was, that was bleeding, bleeding for years, so much so that she was a disgrace to her family, this woman that was bleeding, she couldn't even be around people because she was now considered unclean. And she just thought, if I could just touch just his, you know, his shoe, his sock, his coat, I don't care anything that is connected to Jesus. If I could touch it, I'll be healed. And that's what we want too because we know that a touch from God or, or us touching God is really an answer. I mean, that's where we find healing, where we find hope and health, and we find the things that we need because in God we find everything. And then to hear God, oh my goodness, we all want to hear God, and we, we do, we want to hear God, and we, that's probably one of the most uh, um, used faculties of our senses that we, that we tap into to try to get God is to hear Him, correct? And Because there, there's multiple ways we can hear Him. We can hear Him through the Word of God, the Bible. We read it, we listen to it, and we can hear God that way. We can hear God speaking to us through other people. Amen? Yes. But to really hear God with our spiritual ears, that takes it to another level. It takes it to a depth that when you hear God with your spiritual ears, something happens that it doesn't ever get forgotten. In other words, it doesn't, it's not something I heard today. How many of you can remember what I said last week? Okay, yeah, you have to go back to, I, guess what? I do too. I do too. Why is it? Now, God spoke, God, we heard God, but there's something that's every now and then, something that God speaks to you, and God will speak to me, that it's something that gets in there, and it's when I hear that from God, I hear that message, that word, that voice of God, that it doesn't go away, ever. So I'm not saying that, oh, stuff I'm saying today is not God. But listen, let's listen to what God is saying. And I believe that in those places in, that we experience hearing God are the places that stick, and they stick and they don't ever go away. Amen? You know, I could, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm not going to digress and recount all these, all the moments that I heard God, because there were moments that very personal to me, and yet at the same time very and that compelled me to even being who I am today. So I could share a lot of those things, but they're so real. They're, they're, they're moments I can remember, the moment in time where I was, what I heard exactly word for word when I hear that from God, when I hear the spiritual voice of God. And, and, and I'll share it with you guys. You guys know I really I, I make a... a an intentional attempt to listen to God. And in making an intentional attempt to listen to God, I believe that God likes to speak to us. I've said it before, I, and it, because I really believe it, is I believe God is always speaking, always talking, always in your ear. So it's up, it's our ears, and it's us listening that really is what is at stake here. You ever thought about smelling God? That's an odd one, huh? Where do I go with that? I want to smell God. The Bible refers to God. There's, a, there's a, an aroma, 
Um, in fact, do you know what you are called? One description that you are referred to in the Bible? The aroma of Christ. You're a stinky Jesus. I mean, really, that's what he refers to you as, the aroma of Christ. So there is a real sense of, a, of an aroma of God. If you're the aroma of Christ, you're the aroma of God. That's a smell. And in, in that reference that Paul's making, he says, you know, to some you're the aroma of death, and to, to others you're the aroma of life. And it's a sense, a, a sense that they are, he's relating to, and I think, you guys know I've shared this before because it's just a historical fact, is a truth, is that in that time what Paul was referring to was that when the Romans would conquer a village, a city, a land, a place, they would basically lead, they would lead the, con- the conquered in a, in a procession, a parade, so to speak. They would have a parade, and in this parade you were either being, you were as, as one of those that were conquered or one who did the conquering. And in this conquer and conquering, there would be torches, and there would be these oil torches, oil-burning torches that would have an aroma to them, a stench, a smell. Now, on that procession, in that procession, that smell would mean death because I was going to be executed. But that same smell, marching in the same parade, would be life because I am victorious. You are the aroma of Christ to everyone around you. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into uh, this, and I, 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 like I said, I, I feel like the Lord's going to take us to some kind of interesting places today. So uh, gear up, buckle up, listen up, show up. How about that? What's, I think, what's the first simple ingredient to experiencing the presence of God, the Holy Spirit coming? When we read through so many different accounts of where the Holy Spirit showed up, where the Holy Spirit invaded, the Holy Spirit made Himself known, the Holy Spirit took over the place, who experienced those that the Holy Spirit showed up to? Uh, this, is a, this is not a trick question, I promise. It's really simple. Those who were there. Those who were there. Those who were there in the upper room were the ones who experienced the Holy Spirit. Now, were they the only followers of Jesus in the land at that time? Absolutely not. We know that there was thousands of people who had followed Jesus. Thousands of people who, had, who, who were tracking Him following him, listening to him, learning of him, becoming his disciple. But there were only 120 in the upper room at the time when the Holy Spirit came. Why? Because they were the ones that showed up. They were the ones that committed to and listened to the words of Jesus that said, wait here until I show up. And they did it. They obeyed. So simply put, to experience God we got to show up. we got to be here. Now, is this the place to experience God? I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to break this down. I'm gonna let, let's, get it, let's get really, really gritty and nitty about like, what this is about, okay? Yes, we're here on a Sunday morning. We're worshiping God. This is a time allotted that you have committed to, that you're going to 
go to a church, go to this church, and what do you want to do when you get here? Okay, okay, but let me ask you a question. That's a good, Nancy said something that we all believe. God is every day, not just church on Sunday. But let me ask you. I'm just, I'm just gonna, let's just, let's get really real about this. Do you go to your workplace with the freedom to just sit, worship God and listen and, and bask in his presence, fellowship with brothers and sisters, learn of the Lord, Lord. no, you go to work to do what? To work. Is God there? Yes, because you're there. But this is a place, this is a place and a time that is allotted, that is dedicated to experiencing the presence of God, okay? I'm not, this isn't, I'm not just saying this to, but this is real. Hello? This is real. And, and when you, you dedicate yourself to say, this is a time I'm going to dedicate, I'm going to commit myself, and I want to get something, I want to give something, I want to experience, I want to taste, see, touch, smell, and hear God in this place at this time, then that's what happens here. Hello? And so, yes, 100% correct. That is not a lie. And I believe that, and you guys know we believe that. Because that's why we preach it all the time. You know, Christianity isn't just Sunday morning. We know that, right? This is, that's not, that's, that's the obvious. But when we get to this place called church, what has it become in America today? I'm going to just gonna be really real. What's going on up there? Okay. What's that? Okay, we'll figure it out. Hey, the baby's not crying, so that's not very distracting. If the baby starts making noise and goo-goo-goos and ah-ahs, then it's like, ah, oh. then, then I lose. I lose. I know. Yes, Nancy. Amen. Amen. But let me, I, I love you. You're just so just like, she's like, I'm saying all the right things, but I'm sorry you're not. <laughs> you're such a sweetheart. Nancy knows I love her dearly. That sounds like a club to join though. And that is, it could be just that. Here's what I'm saying is what happens is happening in America. It's happening. I believe it to be happening. And I think that God is reforming that which he's established to actually take place. The church has become a casual, casual collaboration of people that have the same ideals. That's why we can come and go wherever we want, whenever we want. That's why we just don't take it that serious. You guys following with me? And as I say that, you, you will say, yes, it has. 100%. I agree. And when we make this a casual thing, it just becomes a club. I like clubs. I really do. And if you can join a club that have a bunch doing the same kind of thing, whether it's pickleball or Harley riding or whatever it is, that's great. Join them because it's good times. You could, you, we, need that, we need that fellowship. You know, that's why we play softball. I call it our, you can call it a, a, a ministry but it's more of like a release and a, it's just a good time to join together and we have fun doing the same thing. It's really a club, but this isn't a club. This is a real thing 
And I believe that God takes it very, very serious. He doesn't take it lightly. And this time that we get to come together is a time that we've dedicated, we've allotted, we've, we, have, we have committed to a time that this is a time that we're going to worship God together. The worship that we bring to God is going to be glorifying to God. We intentionally go after that to where we lift up God. God is magnified. God is glorified. God is worshiped. Because I believe in His presence or in the praises of His people is where He shows up. Amen? So it's important, it's real, it's, that's why, and, and I'm going to, since I'm going here, and I'm going here for just a few minutes, so just let me go here completely and fully, let me just dive in. Yes, sir. To do what? Okay, okay, good, all right, then, then let's do that, <laughs> and, um, Let's, and we're, we're, we are really good about this, but I, I need us to also be intentional, all of us, I believe this, um, is that, that when it's that time to worship, let's, let's worship, come on. It's, you know, there's a fellowship time. If you need to talk to your neighbor about something that you need to get done that week, do it before or after. The worship time is worship. I do this with my little granddaughters because they, they're, they're, you love, you guys, I know you guys see me, they're, they're always sitting on my lap, they want to hug me, they want to, they want to, and I want them to be around me when worship is happening, but, but when they start asking me about this or doing that or something in the middle of worship, it's like, uh-uh, no, we're worshiping right now. I let them know this is the time we're worshiping. We're singing to the Lord right now. They say that probably at least four or five times every Sunday morning, and I'm not, I'm not, rebuking them I'm just letting them know that this is a time to worship they're my granddaughters I could speak that I've always spoken that to my children when we're worshiping we're worshiping and it's not because I'm the pastor and it's like no we gotta mm, toe the line because we're the past no it's because I take it really serious it's a serious time to just worship God to lift God up and I know that 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 ministry opportunities happen right in the midst of that I'm not you know, negligent or, or, or oblivious to that. And I know that God will put something on your, on your heart and your spirit and you kind of got to act on it now. And you got to go over and pray for somebody in the middle of worship and that's okay. Or go over and talk to them, encourage them. That's okay. And please don't talk about other business on a Sunday morning during worship. Please just refrain from that. I know that that requires a discipline. But look, but I believe that God will show up more and more the more that we expect Him to and the more that we actually show up. So it requires, so I'm going to talk about the next thing. Well, let's just, uh, I actually have a verse and a couple of verses. You guys with me? All right. <laughs> Remember uh, yesterday, George? You... That, that dude's awesome. I don't know who it is. It may not even be a dude. Yesterday morning, we were in the middle of men's prayer, right? We got out. I think somebody had a divorced wife here or something. Because, man, that guy came through, and he just like, from like from there to there. And I was like, oh, I was laughing. It's like, oh, he's an angry man. <laughs> or woman, I don't know. Forgive me for, uh, yeah. like, somebody in Lincoln offended him. Or, or maybe his, anyway, he, he rolled through town just blowing it up. Matthew 18, 20 says, For where two or three are gathered together as my followers, I am there among them. 
And so that's very simply put, and Jesus is stating it, stating it just exactly as it is. And, you know, it, that, that where we gather in his name is where Jesus shows up. But we've got to show up, right? We've just got to show up. Here, there's a parable that Jesus says uh, in Luke chapter 14. It's a, um, it's, an issue, it's a little lengthy. It's about 10 verses, 9 verses exactly. So I kind of want to read this parable because uh, it speaks to something. And, I, and I, I, I'd like us to hear what he's saying throughout the entirety of this parable. Uh, Luke chapter 14, starting in verse 15. It says, when they heard this, when they heard this, this was after Jesus was talking to them about, because he had been invited to a, a dinner, and as everybody sat down at the dinner, Jesus noticed that everybody was trying to get the best seat in the house. And so he says, hey, you know, it would be wise and humble of you, instead of trying to get the best seat, take one of the lesser seats, and then if somebody so chooses to honor you as an honored guest, let them move you up to the place of honor, instead of being embarrassed and have to be moved down to a place of dishonor. That's, you know, Jesus used every opportunity, I believe, to teach. And, and it was just a, a, one of those moments he used to teach. And then so he goes on, when they heard this, in, in fact, actually, he, he uh, sorry, I'm going to go back in my mind of where I'm, where I'm at, because when he heard this, you got to know what this is. But the this is this. He says, he tells them, in fact, when, and then he takes it a little bit farther. He says, you as an invited guest sit at a low place and let somebody move you up. And then he says, and you as an inviter, don't just invite the people that can repay you back. Invite people that can never pay you back to your feasts, to your dinners. In other words, go out of your way to bless people. Don't have an angle other than simply to love. May your only angle be to love somebody. Amen? So when they heard this, one of the dinner guests said to Jesus, someday God, this is in the Passion Translation, by the way, someday God will have a kingdom feast, and how happy and privileged will be the ones who get to share in that joy. And Jesus replied with this parable, since you bring up the kingdom feast, hey, here's a little parable to teach you something. A man invited many to join him in a great feast, and when the day for the feast arrived, the host instructed his servant to notify all the invited guests and tell them, come, for everything is now ready for you. But one, of, but one by one, they all made excuses. One said, I can't come, I just bought some property, and I have to go and look it over. Another said, please accept my regrets, for I just purchased five teams of oxen, and I need to make sure they can pull the plow. Another one said, I can't come because I just got married. So the servant reported back to the host and told him all of their excuses. And the master became angry and said to his servant, go at once throughout the city and invite anyone you find. The poor, the blind, the disabled, the hurting, and the lonely. Invite them to my banquet. And when the servant returned to his master, he said, Sir, I have done what you asked, but there's still room for more. Man, I love that. I don't know why that, like that. Yes, it's a parable, and Jesus is teaching us a lesson, but I, if that could be 
that, uh, if, if you could put a bumper sticker or something, there's still room for more. Amen. So the master told him, all right, go out again. And this time, bring them all back with you. Persuade the beggars on the streets, the outcasts, and even the homeless. Homeless, Insist that they come in and enjoy the feast so that my house will be full. I say to you all, no one who receives an invitation to feast with me and makes excuses will ever enjoy my banquet. Now let's look at this. And some may say, well, gosh, Eric, are you taking that a little bit far? Because this is about being into the kingdom. And, 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 and all, all we're talking about is like showing up and being in the presence of God and, and getting, getting filled with the Holy Spirit and, and being here. And I believe they, they relate very directly. You know, did you notice there's three types of people in this parable? Did you catch that? Three types of people. Those who were invited at first, who were the, um, I'm not going to say, but they were the ones that were, if, if you looked at them in society, they would have been socially acceptable. They would have been the pleasant people. They would have been the people that have it together, that have something to bring, have something to offer, have something more than just a need. They were the ones that were invited first. Interesting, huh? And they were too busy. They were too busy. Had excuses. We would call it in our day, I have good reasons that, you know, so much so that I've got good reasons I can't be on there Sunday. And besides, anyway, God doesn't really care about my Sunday going to church. God, I can have a relationship with God every day of the week, right? We can. And we should. So I don't really need Sunday morning worship. Yes, I'm translating it to that. I know that's not what the parable was about, but I'm translating it to that. I'm referring it to that. Because those are the excuses we start making. i got stuff to do. I've got a business to attend to. I just purchased some, you know, a couple of new trucks. Need to make sure that they're all running good so that, that so the work can get done throughout the week, right? Sunday's the only day I got to get it done. Sunday's my only fun day. Got a boat. The only day I can take it out is on a Sunday, right? Sorry, George, I didn't mean to... I did, too. It's like a magnet or something. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, because they all either, you know, to get married and, and all of them. Amen. Yeah. Basically, and that's why I said it that way, there's three, three really classes of people that Jesus is referring to here. And then one is that upper class, if you will. Amen. Amen. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, man. That, now he just convicted me. It's like, man, that's like, 
What the heck? I know, that, that's a good one there. It's like, they're just flat out no excuses. They're, they're just like, yeah, you, you're just, you're making a, a, an excuse to be disobedient, and that's what's happening here. And that's what Jesus is pointing out. And, and it's so much so that it angers him, upsets him, or at least this is how he shares, you know, and yes, he's relating this to God's kingdom, because that's how this parable came up, in the kingdom feast. And so he relates to this master, this, this person who is inviting as to God, inviting all in to his banquet, all in. And then the second class of people, you can see it's, it's those who, you know, I, I like to say it, it's a, it would be a lot like us. I'm not saying we're not upper class, not middle class, but we're people that are in need, people that are lonely, hurting, and, and that there's a hope still. There's something that I'd like, I need Jesus. And absolutely, those are the people that, that I believe that God is, he, he centers a lot of his attention to, is to those that are in this place of need, because I believe it 100% be true. It, scripture tells us that, that God is near to the brokenhearted and draws close to those who are crushed in spirit. So there's a, a God going after those who are struggling, those who are hurting, those who are lonely, those who are, who are disabled, those who are just down and out. They're, they're really on a, if you could say it, they're just in a bad place and they need God. And God says, come in. I want to feed you. I want to feed you what you need. Amen? That's such good news. Isn't that the gospel? That's the great news of God's grace and love. I love that. But then he goes to this other class of people. He said, now, now go to these people who are, basically how he refers to them is, um, you might see it in some translations, those who are in the, in the, in the brushes. You know, they're, the, they're the ones that are hidden in the dark. They're the ones that are hiding behind dark places. So much so because they feel like they are so unworthy of even being seen in public, they have to hide themselves. Go and find them and snatch them. Grab them out of that pit. Grab them from behind the bushes and bring them in. And they will have nothing they can give back to you. Nothing they can give back to you. Nothing that they could offer to help you in your ministry. But bring them in and feed them with a feast that they've never eaten before. Go after them. And I love that because that's actually, that's, what, that's a calling of this ministry is to go after all. And you guys know this. This is who we are. This is what we're built on is, is the love of God being poured into our lives and anybody's life. The lives that people are just, they're hurting. They're hurting so bad that nobody wants them around. And we love on them. And sometimes that love is, is, a, is, is, a, is a firm love. It's like, no, I'm not going to give you that which you want, but I'll give you what you need. And his name is Jesus. And that's what we need to be out on a regular basis. So we kind of hit in this, I think we're kind of, that was a little side note to, I believe, what, what we're after today is, you know, experiencing the presence of God is we got to show up and not make excuses. Just got to show up and not make, because, man, 
and, and I'll be the first to, to admit and tell you guys, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff out there that could pull me away from this a lot. And I know you guys all know that there's a lot of stuff that could pull you away any given day. Make that commitment to show up. And I believe that when we do that, we make that commitment to show up. God joins in on us. Where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. Amen? It doesn't change. That has not changed. Then we show up and we expect. And I think these kind of all tie together. I believe this. there's three points I want to make, really, is to show up, and then now we expect something to happen. We expect to meet God there. Do you ex- when, you, when you go to a, uh, a restaurant, let's just say, we, we took the boys the other night to Old Town Pizza. Great pizza. Good stuff. We showed up, waited for a table. I read the menu. Wow, this looks good. This all looks fantastic. This looks delicious. I'm starving. I'm hungry. Wow, I think I want a little bit of everything. Now that I read it, I'll see you later. That would be foolish, wouldn't it? To just show up and read what is available, but not expect to get fed. Not expect to experience the food, the deliciousness that they have there. And that's just one restaurant, just because it's across the street, and I just went there the other night. It's not a commercial for them. They're, they're, they're good people, though. The owners are good supporters of the salt mine, so I guess it is a commercial for them. That's all right. You know, when Jesus, and I think that's, that's part of sometimes when, what keeps us from experiencing God is we don't really expect God to show up. You know, uh, well, you know, I'm here. Well, yeah. Okay. Did my thing. Went to church, whatever. Said a little prayer, maybe. Kind of hummed a song, kind of. God, God show up? I don't know, maybe. See, it, it requires us, I believe, this, the, to, to experience God. We, <laughs> I want to go after that. And that kind of takes a, you know, a, a little, little verse here in, in a, a John chapter 11, verse 40, when Jesus was talking to, um, uh, uh, gosh, Mary, about her brother being, wrote, being risen from the dead. Jesus bringing him back to life. Oh, it took a while for me to get that out. <clears throat> and he said, Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? See, there was, Jesus was encouraging her, compelling her, and even like kind of correcting her a little bit because she was doubting. But Jesus, he'd been dead for four days. What are you going to do? What are you going to do now? He's going to even stink a little bit. It's a little late. In fact, Jesus, if you would have been here sooner, he wouldn't have even died. And he says, no, nah, listen. I told you, if you just simply believe you will see the glory of God. And that's exactly what happened. God showed up. God showed up. And he was encouraging her to just keep believing. Expect me to show up. Expect God to show up. Amen? So I believe that. that that's something that we need to be about on a Sunday morning. Right, Carson? 
Okay. He's. The next thing I believe we need to be is we need to pursue the presence of God. Let's pursue the presence of God. What does that entail? I think it's simple, very simple. In pursuing the presence of God, in pursuing being filled by the Holy Spirit, I think it requires just three, three easy things. In Luke chapter 11, verse 9 through 13, I'll read them. It says, and I tell you, and I tell you, I like that. I don't know why when, I, when, when Jesus emphasizes what he's actually going to say, and then he restates it twice, it's like it's something we ought to hear, we ought to listen to, and we ought to heed. Amen? Amen. All right. And I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and everyone who seeks, finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Hello? And then he goes on, he kind of like, he basically just kind of says it in a way that's like, hello, this is kind of a no-brainer. If you as a father who are evil, in fact, you fathers, if your children ask for fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? And that's an obvious no. Of course not. So if you, being sinful people, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Amen? So when we ask, you know, let's, let's break this down in just a little bit. I'll just spend another few minutes on these three subjects of ask, seeking, and knocking. Because to ask God to show up, to ask Him to be a part of what I'm doing, to, to, to just basically fill me with your presence, to ask God to do that, what am I doing in that? Yes, I am asking God, and I do it all the time, God, show up. God, fill us with your presence. God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. God, speak to me, speak through me. God, use me. I'm asking God, I'm praying, I'm seeking the Lord, and I'm, but I'm asking God to do something amazing. I believe there's a reality in that, that when that actually takes place, there's something that when we just say, yes, God, show up, please come, please come. We even, we're, we're, we're getting into the business of, of, of invading heaven with our prayers and God is in the business of listening to our prayers in fact a lot of times I think he's just waiting for us to pray the prayer so he can boom show up <coughs> sorry about that I need a drink mm. you know <clears throat> this this last this week it was kind of a, a a great week, a glorious week for us to, to go down to Southern California and, and experience and, and McKinsey graduating college and it was fantastic and because they have it all split up into 12 different graduations or groups or, or um, ceremonies, it was neat because it only lasted an hour. It was great. It was really short. It's beautiful. It was just it was almost intimate and yet it was large. 
and it was, it was fantastic. <clears throat> but I want to tell you, because I, I think that this is a, a share an experience where I believe God showed up. And, and I think it has to do with us asking God to always be in our midst and always, always be there even when we don't see it. And I think when we ask that, I think that God then gives, he gives God an opportunity to show up so that we can see God at work. And this is pretty cool. I'll share with you, it was a neat little incident. I thought it was exciting. I was just, I was, I was blown away all the way home, driving home. So, but on the way down there, driving down there, we borrowed Blake's truck because we had a lot of stuff in Kansas to, to bring back four years of college. So we said, hey, we're gonna use your truck. Great, fantastic, hey. And he said, I'm not sure if the air is working or not. I haven't really had to use it a lot. So I'm like, oh, it'll be fine. It'll work. And so we get in the car right Sunday after church and boom, start heading down there. Robin's like, turn the air on. It's like, uh, it is. Shoot. So we, had to dr- we drove all the way down to L.A. with no air conditioning. I know, it's torture. All this serving the Lord stuff is so brutal. Give me a break. It wasn't easy for Robin, I, but, and, and myself, but it was not fun. It was not pleasant. It wasn't a pleasant driving experience. It was a lot of hours of wind blowing, and we couldn't even really talk to each other. We wanted to listen to stuff that we had planned, that we were listening to some teachings, and couldn't do any of that because it was wind-blown drive. Anyway, wham, wham, wham. So we get down there. I get the, we get it. We take it to the shop. We get it fixed. And it was a little pricey, but we got it fixed. That's okay. It's like, AC, yes, thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> and so we start headed back up here in the truck, and, and uh, we literally get on the highway about a half hour into the drive, and all of a sudden there's no transmission. Like, really no transmission. I got to go around the truck, and things like, Burr. And, like, and, the, and I push on the gas, and the motor's going, and the truck's not going. Like, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. But you know what? We pray every time. It's a habit, it's, and it's a good habit. We always, God, keep us. Get us there safe. And may, may you just be with us in our travels. We ask God to show up every time we travel. We do not miss that. In fact, we'll stop before we go, just to make sure that we ask God to show up and be with us. So we, we get, somehow, somehow, I don't know how this happened. Come on, guys. Exactly. Sure I do. We get to an on-ramp, off-ramp, and it's downhill with a gas station right on the corner, and there's nobody in the way. There was one car coming that was like, as I just rolled through the light and then through the other intersection to, and there was a car just far enough away to where I'm just, I'm just going. They're going to have to stop and get up the gas station driveway and it's on a hill like this and we're like, well, this is where it's stopping. Put the brake on. Boom. We're there. Like, and then as soon as I get out, there's transmission fluid covering the ground. Like, oh, Lord. Okay. Now what do we do? So I'm just, and, and the, the kids, they could tell, like, uh, I think they're thinking, what's dad going to do now? I don't know. Because it was like, what are we going to do? I don't know. What are we going to do? They were looking at each other saying, what are we going to do? I don't know. What are we going to do? <laughs> <clears throat> so Robin gets on Google and says, you know, oh, there's this transmission shop. 
right, at, right around the corner, like, like a half a mile away. They even got like 4.8 4 stars. And like, uh, okay, let's just give it a shot. Let's see what happens. And so no, I take Kinsey's car. I said, Noel, stay here with the girls. Oh, by the way, after Robin found out where we had pulled into and where we had stopped and where we had exited, guess where it was? I'm not joking. Skid Row. I am not joking one bit. Like in the heart of L.A. Skid Row. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Can I just say this? And, and please forgive me for stereotyping people. And may we never, ever, ever do that. People are so beautiful. One guy helps us push the truck up to the, so it gets up there. Like, ah, oh, he gets up there and helps us push it. No problem. I get in the, the you know, Kinsey's little Prius. Me. <laughs> But it was running. Hey, it was, I was happy. And it goes, it gets to the transmission shop, and I'm thinking, 4.8 stars. Oh, my goodness. This place is, uh, it, if I would have known it was Skid Row, I'd say, this place is Skid Row, man. This place is, it was beat up. I mean, tools laying on the ground. You had to kind of maneuver away from it, around them, and, and cars just everywhere. Some of them crooked. Some of them on that, yeah, and you're just like, Wow. Well, I'm here. What do I do now? And this super sweet gentleman. What was his name again? Martel. It was Martel. She says it was Martel. He said, "Hey, just hold on a second. I'll help you in just a minute." I'm like, "Okay." And he and he helps somebody, and he comes over, and he's like, "So what's going on?" And he's looking at the car, and I'm like, "Well, it's not this car. It's another car. I was driving down the highway and." Explained to him everything that happened, and he says, "Well, he goes, uh, well, can you take me to it? I'm not joking. Can you take me to it? I'm like, uh, will you go? <laughs> I'm serious. I'm like, yeah. Will you come? And he's like, yeah, no problem. Like, all right. So I'm throwing stuff out of Kinsey's, you know, front seat because, you know, here's this. He wasn't dirty, but he was a mechanic, and he." You know, he's just, it's like, getting, great. So he gets over there, and he's like, ah, oh, and we were talking on the way, and he's like, hey, he says it this way. He goes, hey, if, I, if it were me, I would want somebody to help me. I'm like, man, all right. So he, he gets over there, and, and I'm, I'm not making this up. You guys can, you guys can fact check Robin. She'll... <clears throat> he... He gets in, he starts digging around, he starts looking, he's like just pulling the shroud off, he's like, ah, I can't tell, and then he's like, aha, and he sees these two little clips sitting in the, in the uh, engine compartment, he goes, that's what's the problem, I'm like, what, and he goes, well, there's these, the, the transmission gets cooled, and it's connected to the AC cooling system, and it's got these little lines that clip into this thing, and these little lines got these little tiny, I mean, I am not joking, paper clip clips that hold these lines in, and then to hold those clips in, there's these plastic clips. Well, the, the mechanic that fixed the AC forgot to put the plastic safety clips on those tiny paper clip clips, and it popped off. One of them popped off. The other one was, was off, so they, we, it was obvious what had happened, and, and he just, he, 
literally magically like got these clips on. Noel made like I think three trips back to his shop for tools and, and fluid and and uh, and within two hours I basically had my transmission service right there in the gas station. And we got on the road and that thing ran like a charm all the way down. With AC by mind you. But I I'm sharing that story because the only reason I share that story Why am I such an emotional mess lately? Could be because my daughter's getting married here soon, but which we don't have a date. Because there was a, a I heard the Lord saying, it's like, did you not think I would come through? I'll never leave you. I'll never abandon you. Even on the side of the road. And even if you did get stuck on the side of the road, I would have taken care of that too. There's a song on the radio and it said something, it goes, goes like this. Um, God, you are good all the time. God, you are good all the time. And just when I thought you've done more than enough, you do one more thing to blow my mind. It's like, wow. That song never meant anything to me until that moment. You done what I was, my mind was blown for the next eight hours. It hasn't ceased to been blown. In other words, it still blows my mind. How God always comes through. God shows up. God shows up when we ask. God shows up when we seek Him. And when we seek Him, we need to seek Him with all of our heart. Yes, God is my buddy. He's my homeboy. He's my bro. Jesus is all of that. He's my friend. But He is my God. And He is God of everything. And you need to know that. You need to be assured that God will always come through. It may not be how you exactly want it to at the time, but He will never leave you nor forsake you. He will always be your best friend, your homeboy, your bro, your buddy, and all that good stuff. Don't ever discount that. But do not ever take lightly the goodness and the godness of God and the awesomeness of how God will keep coming through. When we seek Him, He allows us to see Him, to find Him. That's awesome. When I go after Him, and I think the knocking comes to this, because I think it's a knocking. It's a physical act. It's an aggressive, I want something. I need something. God, help. And when we knock, and we knock hard, and we don't give up, and we don't just say, well, I guess he's not there for me today. This isn't really that big a deal for God to show up in God's got bigger problems than mine. Now we must keep knocking. And I think the knocking consists of this. And I'm going to just go here for a second. One last few minutes. And then I'll finish it up, I promise. I think the knocking consists of constant repentance, humble fellowship with brothers and sisters, 
where we, we are always repentful because that's, that we know that that's one thing that will keep us, that will trip us up. And I need to be in repentance on a regular basis. And I think that's a knock. God, I'm knocking. God, I need you. He says, well, I need you to deal with this. Yes, God, I'll deal with that right now. I repent and I'm sorry. I'm, I'll humble myself before you right here and now. And I think it's that commitment and that obedience to being in fellowship, to being accountable to brothers and sisters, to be loving, to be obedient, to say, yes, God, I am available. I'm available for you to use me as you see fit. I think that's also a knocking. Because it's in those moments that he shows up in our lives to present himself good in other people's lives. He uses you to be good to somebody else. Did you know that? You do now. It's true, 100%. God uses you to show up to be good in somebody else's life. That mechanic, Martel, God used that man whether he knew it or not, however he knew it or not. And I talked to him about the Lord. I did. I didn't miss that opportunity. And I don't think he knew the Lord. So one of the last things I said, Martel, I want to pray for you. Pray a blessing on this business. Pray a blessing on you and your family. Oh, okay. But God will use us. And I think it just simply comes down to this. God, show up. God, we ask you, we seek you, and we knock. God, come. The Holy Spirit showed up in the midst of, in Acts chapter 4, if you guys remember the story, if you can recount of what happened there, I'll just, I promised I'd be done. But one last thing, we can get the worship team to come up here. That way we worship the God together. In Acts chapter 2, we know that's when we get to Pentecost Sunday. Acts chapter 1, you know, the, the book of Acts is also called the Acts of the Apostles, but it's also referred to as the Acts of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus, Jesus, um, ascends back into to heaven. And, and remember, it, this, this visual that we get is that Jesus is talking to his disciples, and then, and then all of a sudden he just goes away, and it says that they were looking at him, and they, they were looking until they could see him no more. They were looking until he was basically a speck in the sky. He just disappeared. And they were looking and looking, and then all of a sudden these angels say, why are you looking up there? He's not there anymore. In fact, then, let me tell you something. As you are looking there, and as he went up, he will come down. And then they remembered that at this time that Jesus told them to wait, wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit. And that's when we have Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit invades them, fills them, tongues of fire, speaking tongues in different languages. And Peter preaches a message, and thousands are saved. The Holy Spirit, we call it Pentecost Sunday. That's what we look forward to next Sunday. We're going to celebrate that. And then in Acts chapter 3, Peter and John, they get going and they're going about their business. They're, they're preaching the gospel. They're telling people about Jesus. And they come across a, a, a lame beggar that had, been, that had been lame for 30-something years. And they, somebody would place him by the gate and he would just beg, please, please help me. And Peter and John, they look at him and say, we don't have any money. 
We have no money. What we don't have, we can't give you. Hello? There's some theology there. Don't try to be something that you're not. What we don't have, we can't give you. But what we do have, we want to offer to you free of charge. <laughs> it's to know what you have. You have the power of God flowing through you. You have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you. That's God in you. You have that. I have that. We have that. What I do have, let me give you. Rise up and walk by the power of God. And Peter reached out and grabbed his hand to help him. Man, that's faith. That's, that's a faith that I, I will confess I do not have at this very moment. I'm longing to have it. To speak a word like that, and then to, when it doesn't happen, to reach down and say, get up and pull him up. He's never walked before, but you pull him up because you believe that God is going to do something. Yeah. God is, you expect God to show up. Amen? And he started walking. Not only walking, but he was jumping and leaping and praising God. There's your dance. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. Woo! Hallelujah. Yeah. And, and all the people are like, what the what just happened? This guy, is this the guy? No, that can't be the guy. Is this the guy? No, that's not him. <laughs> what just happened? And then Peter preaches again. It's like, not by my power, by the power of God that this happened. Well, then, then, then the, the religious leaders, they get really upset at this. They don't like this. This Jesus that they crucified, now you guys are going doing things in that name? In that name? And people are being healed? In that name? They couldn't even speak the name because it was too powerful. So they put him in jail and said, don't ever speak that name ever again. And Peter just said, ha, yeah, right. Am I supposed to obey you or God? You decide. Mm -hmm. See you later. And he walked out and preached the gospel some more. And in this moment, that's when, that's now, now what takes place is God is actually doing something awesome. Because now he goes, Peter and John, they go and they gather together the saints, the disciples. They gather together. They join together in unity. Did you hear that? They joined together in unity and they prayed and they prayed and they sought God. They asked God. They sought God and they said, God, show up. Show up. God, show up. You know what they're saying about you. You know what they're telling us to do, but God, we need you to show up. And this is the place where the building shook. <laughs> Man, there ought to be movies about this stuff. You can't write this stuff. Well, it is written. The building shook because God showed up. I'm so eager for this building to shake. I don't care if it shakes physically. I'm a little nervous if it starts because it might fall, but... But what hey, thinking. whatever, whatever. That's what if God wants to shake it, then he can hold it up. And they were all, it says that everyone, everyone was filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what we need most. 
God is offering to us free of charge. Just ask, seek, and knock. And as a loving Heavenly Father, He is so willing, eager, and even looking to give Himself to us. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we ask that You show up. We ask that You fill us. If You need to shake this building, then shake it. But Lord, we're asking. We're just asking. We're seeking You. And we're just begging for You to just make Your presence known in our midst. So much so that our addictions are being right now just broken off. Our ailments physically are being healed. Our minds are being transformed into Your image, to Your likeness, to be where we are thinking like You, Jesus. And we are set free from the bonds of sin in the name of Jesus by the power of Your Holy Spirit because You are here. And as we worship You, as we worship you and lift your name high, just fill us completely.